Hello and welcome to the 361 Podcast, Season 9, Episode 7. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ray from the All About Sites. And I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. This week we're recapping MWC, recovering some of the highlights, and we're drawing out some of the key themes. Chaps. Welcome back. Good to see you again. Well, I mean, it was touch and go. After our enforced break, we were cancelled last week. I think we had quite a lot of complaints and the petitions came flying in because Blamford did at one point look as though he was going to walk. That's right. Well, obviously, after Rafe Blanford punched a producer for not giving him the chips that he demanded... Uh, I mean, it was understandable. Indeed. There's been an inquiry. It did, it did ratchet up. up a little bit. It, it, it wasn't the chips. It was the lack of the orange juice that really did it. There All we right. go. It, Rafe Blanford has simple dem- a simple man with simple demands, but... God help you if you don't provide him his orange juice. That's right. So, but I'm pleased you're here. Yeah. yeah, That's great. And and we, we unlike others, we can continue now with um, Absolutely. Our, our podcast. But, but, but no pushing me over the back of an armchair again, Ewan. There we go. Well, I think that is that, that, that joke a squeezed within an inch of its life. So we'll move on. But squeezed. Anyway, squeezed. Well, as an orange. Indeed. Orange so uh, any I news? I saw what you did there. Any news? I've got a new job. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, can you tell us? RBS. Thank you. Again. There we go, again. That's You're right. back. I'm back. You're so good, they've had you back. And this time I'm wearing a hat. Fair enough. How exciting. Right. Can you tell us anything more about it? Uh, no. Fair enough. No, I'm, I'm prohibited from, you know, discussing things. Well, no, no doubt at the appropriate time, should people wish to hear about your professional movements. In the they fullness can fo- of time. They can follow you on your professional social media channels. Indeed. Indeed. Be sure to subscribe to Ewan's LinkedIn feed. It's right. For further right. information. Yeah, two, two <laughs> thumbs up, the New York Times. Woohoo! Um, Ralph Bamford, any news with you? Ah, well, I had the excitement of uh, MWC, and I'm sort of still recovering from that, to be quite honest. It's a little while ago, isn't it? It, it does feel like it was months ago, but in fact, what was it, three weeks? Dear God, doesn't time fly when you're having fun? I was just absolutely. doing my expenses the other day. I've got, I've, in fact, this morning I had, um, had to go through all my MWC expenses. I wasn't there for the day, but well, I racked down quite a lot. It, it was the Mars bar that did it, I bet. I mean, we did have the ceremonial exchange of Mars bars, as is now traditional, as we yeah. uh, exchanged brought- an English for a Spanish Mars bar and bowed to each other. That's right. Okay. That's what's what termed as a cultural exchange in Rafe's house. <laughs> and I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Well, how's oh, a, yeah, how's yeah, the wee whatever. man? He's good. He's good. He's small, but growing fast. Have you got him an iPad yet? Well, he, he's sharing hours at the moment, but he, it's quite, it's funny, actually. He does like the, the bright shapes and the lights and everything. So yes. we're, we're, we're selfie masters. We don't publish any of the selfies, but we quite like taking the pictures because he's, he's fascinated by all the colors and the lights yeah. and and the clicky noises it makes and things. Oh, so, that's lovely. Yeah, there we go. Okay. We took him to the pub. We took him to his first pub, the, pub. Other, the other day. Yeah, for for Sunday lunch, which was nice. How was that? Did you get there in time? No, we actually we had a, we had a very nice meal, and uh, we took him out for we took him out to a, a restaurant for dinner last night as well. It was very good. He slept oh, wow. through. Wow. Okay. So we're trying to slept tr- through. We're trying to introduce well, much much like I did to be honest through the, the second part <laughs> of the evening. That's just a any, hard day. Any, at work. any parent who would like to send hate mail to Ben can reach. Well, him. exactly. Well, look, we're, that's not to say that's not to say that they haven't been sleepless nights as well. But uh, we're trying to socialise him at this stage. But he's having a great time. What does that time. mean? Just get him out and well, yeah, people. bring him out. You know, show him, show him stuff. So lovely. Right. Anyways, okay, we should so, move on. That that died a death, didn't it? Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about mobile technology. Uh, so, Rafe Blanford, explain to us what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to do a recap of Mobile World Congress. It's the biggest event in the mobile calendar. So we want to kind of share some of the big news, but also, more importantly, our very relevant and important and well-informed opinions. And speaking of which, did you enjoy the podcast? I did. Uh, you know, did you feel as though you were there? 
I did, because it took so long to edit, it probably would have been easier for me to come with you, certainly in terms of an investment of time. We did walk around for about six hours yeah. and then sent him on the whole <laughs> Have a listen to this. Yes. Here's, <laughs> here's some audio. We're in some of it. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, right. Yes. It was a, so a shortened episode, but... We're what not, caught your attention? Well, mostly the background noise, to be honest, when I was editing. Oh, come on. So I think the thing that interested me and the part that we... The part that we lost actually out of the episode, so we'll pick back up on, was in a minute, was um, the whole Samsung stand. So, right. Unfor- unfortunately, Samsung had a, a lot of noisy on their on an audio on their stand, so yeah. we we chopped that in the edit. But it'd be good to talk about that. But I think the thing I wanted to pick up on as well was more what we're going to be talking about in terms of it's not so much about news now that the news has passed and it's not breaking anymore. But it's worth you mean stop- like the handset. Yeah, well, just right. all the things that were announced. But it's worth stopping and reflecting on actually what are the patterns? What can we spot out of this? Because the the trends that are coming out of that event will pretty much define the shape for the next six to nine months in the mobile industry. Or will they? I mean, that, that's the discussion point as well. Ooh, intrigue. Rafe Blanford? Yeah, so well, I'm not entirely sure what uh, you're getting at, well, apart what, from the, okay. the, the typical absence of Apple, which everyone talks about every year. But I, I do think it is a, a shaping event because you do see the big phone launches, but also I think the thing that we didn't get across in you, MWC... You see some phone launches you see because some, the big phone launches that the market reacts to are, are sadly Apple ones. It, it, it's true, but actually the thing that we didn't talk about because we were in the handset hall is there's also a lot of other things going on at MWC. And I think if, if people haven't been for a few years or just think it's about phone launches, that's the big change for me is actually the number of... It's not just the wearables and the watches, of which there were a, a, a whole load, and it's not just the Internet of Things, which was a big subject thanks to the GSMA's Connected Village. You know, there's the automotive stuff, and it's the software and services sitting on top. And the GSMA is kind of an organization for operators, so there is a lot of network stuff. It was 5G being mentioned for the first time. But what I think was, I was struck more than anything else was just the sheer breadth of mobile uh, as we have it today, that was reflected in 90,000 attendees. And actually, it always used to be that the big phone launches were the most exciting things to talk about. And I think we'll probably still end up concentrating on them. But there was so much other activity and sort of things you can pick out that are going to shape the industry in the next few years. Go on then, Rafe Blanford. I can feel that you are slow walking us towards something that isn't a handset. So give me, give me your more exciting than a handset bit of news from MWC. Yeah, go on. Well, I dare if, you. If, he I, says, if I can o- only have one... For me personally, the, the biggest takeaway was actually the idea of uh, industrial Internet of Things. And it's a subtle difference from what we've had before, which has always been about M2M or machine to machine with kind of putting SIM cards and everything. And it might still be done that way, or there, there are other connectivity options. Sigfox is a really interesting one, kind of still a cellular network, but really. Uh, do you remember with... we mentioned them here in a podcast? We, we did many, did. many moons you. ago. Yes, you, hit, right. you heard it here first, apart that's from correct. their other announcements. Um, yeah. And so it was actually a company called Jasper was showing off a whole bunch of things that was agricultural, it was robots, it was vending machines. And for all the talk about smartwatches and wearables and consumer internet of things, and that's mainly smart home, actually in terms of the big impacts on industry and the amount of money and revenue it will generate, I think industrial internet of things will be far bigger in the short term than anything on the consumer side simply because what they can do is make cost savings in manufacturing or in industrial or agricultural process, in logistics, in transport, that actually have a meaningful impact on the the cost of 
items for businesses and consumers. And we're talking, you know, billions of dollars off the off the bottom line, far bigger than the overall market size of kind of consumer electronics. And that's something I just hadn't really been, uh, maybe I hadn't appreciated before, but it was certainly more visible, I think, at MWC this year. For me, industrial Internet of Things, and surely there must be a better term than that, but uh, it's IIoT. It, it makes more sense. It makes more sense because it, it, consumers are so frequently, have, you know, inside the home or inside work or whatever, have access to Wi-Fi and different ways to connect stuff. But for 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 mobile congress, which is as you say GSMA and tends to focus stuff with SIM cards in it, crudely, you know, things that are outside or move around or are a long-term deployment or need to be ruggedized or those kinds of things. You know, they're much more suitable for the, for the quality of service that comes from a, 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 something with a SIM card in it. It kind of makes sense. And that's right. And the management layers that sit on top of that as well and doing that in a way that scales in a meaningful way. And, I mean, actually a good example of this is AT&T who are starting to offer um, connectivity services. And they, they've done it for their smart life, which is in the home, they're also doing automotive now. They're connecting those together on the consumer side, but they're getting the most interest in the scale on the industrial side. And what they do is offer a, a SIM card that basically you can use anywhere in the world, and the pricing structure is very different. And I think for operators, we've talked in the past about you know what future for operators, actually providing that kind of connectivity and the you know the quality service and management side on top starts to get really interesting. I think there is an issue that they are going to have to partner with other organisations and. Uh, say Jasper is a service company, uh, but also on the potentially on the sales and the devices side, they're not going to be able to do it on their own. And in some sense, it does hark back to the original kind of GSMA, which was the whole, you have to do things in a collaborative, cooperative way. And that's the other thing I'd pick out of MWC. There was much less kind of isolation or siloed products. It was much more about partnering right across the board in terms of automotive, you know, it's Qualcomm and a car manufacturer and an operator getting together to create a properly connected car. In the consumer side, it was maybe HTC with uh, Valve for their Vive headset. And that also extends into the software and services domain as well. So, Mr. McLeod, now right, well, that, that now, was the intellectual bit. Now we've done the grown up answer. Tell yep. me about what excited you. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what negatively excited me. Neg- excited negative me excitement. Wow. Right. right. Okay. Uh, and that, I. I was hunting around for BlackBerry. I thought, where are they? Because uh, they're not dead, right? Um, I thought it'd be nice just to go and have, have a look at these handsets. They're just, I haven't, they're just resting. Yeah, I haven't actually had a proper hands-on with any of their recent handsets for for ages. So that, I looked that's at, their new marketing strategy. You just don't show anyone; they won't notice they're rubbish. Well, I um, I asked around on Twitter, and a few people said actually they're they're not actually MWC. They're they're just outside. Do you remember where the McDonald's is? Yes, yeah. I do. Right, okay. They, and, they, and, and, and the, 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 the thousands of people that listen to this will know the McDonald's. Well, you know the one, well, just yeah, around the, the corner, beyond the gate. Basically, the it's thing. opposite yes. the fear of the fear about ground beer. yards away. And they, Blackberry had rented... Uh, McDonald's? No, oh. that would have been quite cool, actually. They had rented a floor uh, on, I think, 17th floor or whatever, something like that. Um, and you, they just had a sign in this office block, a normal office block, um, and said, if you, if, you, if you want, you can come up and, and see... So I wasn't sure where you had to register or not, but I managed to find my way up there. Um, walked into this kind of reception and said, "Hi, can I see some handsets?" And they went, "Yeah, hope it's off." So, so I just walked in. There were some people having coffee. And everybody ignored me. I just sat there. I stood there and had a look at the handsets, which are actually quite nice. Yeah, because the uh, BlackBerry Leap was announced at. MWC. That's right. The Leap came also out. It's quite nice. Kind of uh, previewed a, a curved uh, handset. 
Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. How, right? to, how to go on the passport again? That's it's quite interesting. The uh, keyboards are pretty cool. I actually think the uh, the software they've got on board now in order to sync things across mm. different devices, and I'm struggling to remember the name, I'm afraid. Right, BlackBerry something. Brilliant. Thank I you want you to say Balance, that. but that's, it's not Balance. That's why it's, it's, it's BlackBerry Balance. That's why you listen. No, it's not. BlackBerry Balance is your working personal, right? Or is that what you meant? That, that's, that. Oh, sorry. Um, but what was interesting about the conversation around BlackBerry was... Basically, no one cared yeah. in the MWC itself. It well, was, this is the problem, right? Because the minute you're outside of MWC, the minute you're out, I would have thought that BlackBerry would have been committed by MWC to a few more um, exhibitions anyway. Um, the fact they pulled out of it, I think, is bad news because it, there's, there's plenty of people go, oh, interesting. And your Blackberries are still being issued, right? And in big companies, they're still buying them and still giving them. Okay, but back to trends, though, because you, you start off saying that, you start off the episode really early on saying that quite a lot of the big handset manufacturers don't do their big big news there. This is true. Blackberry, right. Blackberry doesn't show up. Well, barely shows up. Apple never shows up. Yeah. Um, it, right, it's, it's, see, Blackberry it, used to have Blackberry World. They used to have a massive yeah. big event, fly everybody out there. It was a really big thing and they, Nokia, they stopped doing that. Well, Nokia or rather Microsoft announced some, some mid-tier handsets. But yeah. let's get back to Samsung and I wanted to, okay. to talk about that because I, we, I want to move on and talk about wearables and various other bits in a minute. But just very quickly, um, it was very noticeable that Samsung, uh, well, from the audio you'd done, Samsung and the the large sort of Chinese manufacturers seem to be almost on an equal scale now, and yeah. the you know the stands were the stands were sort of similarly kind of glossy and polished. And it mm. was I wonder whether or not sort of it, it looks a bit like Samsung's swan song that they've got a lot of money and a lot of flash, but it's actually quite easy now for these challenger brands to to match them for all of that. I think it really is. It's quite difficult to tell the difference just because if if you look at the, the it, what we should try and do is actually do a. Um, a Coke test or a Pepsi test uh, with, with handsets and just kind of debrand them and just say which one. Here's a ZTE. Yeah. Here's an iPhone. Yes. Can you tell the difference? Well, <laughs> Not I, without touching it. Well, I would actually say, you know, uh, a ZTE, Huawei, um, and their Honor brand as well. Um, and then uh, an Acer and all, all these other ones. Put them all together. And along with a Samsung, I don't know if you're going to really tell much difference at all. But that's the point. You can't really tell the difference. That's the whole Android thing. Um, and these... These other companies, these uh, Chinese startups, are well, they're not startups anymore. No, they're yeah, huge, billion-dollar behemoths yeah. are giving Samsung a significant run for the money. I did feel just confused by by Samsung. I did like Sony. It was it was good to see Sony rocking, still moving, and well, well let's yeah. actually, Ralph Blanford. We talked about Sony. We talked about Samsung. You've got an HTC in front of you, Indeed, just yeah, over there. Um, M nine. What was your What was your assessment of the established big brands for that we would know in the UK, North America versus these challengers? Well, I actually think Ewan's a bit harsh on Samsung. I think they did a good job, but with they the did, edge. But they did actually show it off at the MWC conference. They had their big announcement on the Sunday, where they had four and a half thousand people in this massive convention center. And it was a very Apple-like presentation. I mean, a bit irritating some of the things they talked about being first on an innovative. They weren't. It was just you know, repackaging. But you look at Samsung Pay, for example, which that supports uh, the magnetic stripe, which is a big deal in the States because suddenly they support 90% of uh, credit card point-of-sale terminals. We compare that to the um, Apple Pay, which is a much lower figure, sort of 10 15%. And I actually think they genuinely managed to meet expectations on coming up with a stylish phone. Total contrast to the S5, and it, 
perhaps it's about that edge, which in, in some senses doesn't really serve any point. I mean, they came up with various use cases for it, having it turned down on the desk and glowing various colors. That's the only use case. But it? it looked very pretty and yeah, it I felt so. great in the hand. And that's not something I expected to say about a Samsung device. So I, I would assess them as having done very well, but they still do have a bit of an identity crisis. And there's still, you know, why would you buy a Samsung versus something else? And that's a more general pattern. And you know, HTC, again, produced a very nice looking handset, improved in all the areas they needed to, better battery life, better camera. Um, the, the design, although I think very same, it doesn't matter because actually I think the HTC One design is really first rate. But then you look at it against the likes of ZTE and Huawei and actually some of the smaller tier manufacturers as well. And you sort of go, why am I paying five or six hundred pounds for this when there are other options out there? And I think it's particularly relevant with the rise of these mid-tier handsets that cost maybe two hundred pounds. And it's a continuation of what we talked about on the hundred dollar phone challenge. You step up a little bit and you actually still get very good materials. You get, you know, 95% of the specifications, arguably 98% of the experience for most mm. people. You know, if you're a power user, you're still going to want the very best. But for most people, those mid-tier handsets, you can save yourself £300 and you can get a really good handset. It has interesting implications for the portfolio mix of these companies. They're going to sell more mid-tier handsets. Up until this point, it's been the distribution in terms of smartphone sales has been low-end and high-end. Mm. In 2015, that's going to increase massively in the mid-tier. Actually, the effect that has is smartphones are going to take a capability leap forward more so in the next 12 months than they have in the previous 12 months. i tell you something, that, something else, moving on, that, that surprised me. It was looking back over the coverage that I read and listening to, to you guys talk as well, was the number of things you were talking about that didn't have SIM cards in them. You know, the whole wearables piece is completely devoid of SIM cards. Well, this is our point, isn't it, that we made last podcast? Exactly. Yeah, what's the, what's the point in the operator? And and that it seemed it seemed to me that it was almost now moving on to as race talked about before, sort of building up that whole ecosystem mm. of of device. And yet, only the only the the smartphone is the one with the with the SIM card in. And not that that especially matters, but for that audience and those people at that conference. And as race you know keeps reminding us, it is a trade show for you know the operators primarily. Or it was well it, precisely, and actually what. It, what it what it briefly became was a definite was a conference for all things mobile, and now they are all those devices are there kind of by association, but they're actually not really driving um, use of the networks, especially you know they're not uh, fitting SIM cards into uh, devices anymore. It maybe is is kind of quite alarming for the operators to wander around and see all this stuff that doesn't really need them that much. On the other hand. What these devices do tend to do is push more data through the network, and hence you get the predictions about an eightfold increase in, in cellular data in the next, you know, by 2020. Yeah. That's good for the operators, and I mean they do push the idea of putting SIM cards in these things. But I think you're you're absolutely right. We've you know but, we've got these mid-tier handsets, and actually a lot of the value is, is going into the things that surround them yes. because the handsets have become so commoditized, and so you do see wearables, you do see watches but it's also you know a, a wider you know it, it's a smart home it's the medical devices and it becomes you know there is a, in a sense an entire ecosystem developing around them and there is still that question is the smartphone going to be that control point that center of that ecosystem and there are some suggestions that actually maybe it won't be because it's that idea do you carry your phone with you all the time and 
smart homes a good example of this because a lot of people put their phone down on a table somewhere when they walk in the door and actually the watch is the thing they wear all the time so does that make well, more that, sense as the control point? quite interesting yeah i mean i wonder if that's what apple's and, plans are so that, that it's interesting there's this uh, you know smartphone has an absolute amount of confidence and of course it dominates the industry and we all get that but at the same same time there is more uncertainty about the direction things are going to go and how consumers are going to respond um, and how networks are going to be used and you know how do you deal with connecting you know 20 billion internet of things to a, to a network does that change what you should be doing with the network and so this is why you see alternative solutions coming up and mm. uh, to me you know that 5g gets talked about a lot actually there's still a lot of development in 4g and things like uh, LTEU, the unlicensed spectrum and those bits are interesting discussion points but was there much LTEU stuff there i've i've read a little bit about it and it seems seems fascinating this idea you can use white space and unlicensed spectrum to do high speed data but it also as a consumer feels too good to be true yeah and i i think that's going to be the problem and um because it requires support in the handset it's probably going to go through operators in um femto cells they're still very much tied to the operator rather than this idea you can set something up yourself. But what was very apparently, you know, it's been talked about for a while, it is now going into the into the products for the likes of Nokia Networks, Alcatel, Ericsson. They're all starting to support it. So what that means is the deployments can start happening and we'll probably see it in handsets in, I would say, 2016 rather than this year. But uh, for enterprise use cases, it, it begins to get really interesting and also for small cell deployment, uh, that's femto and pico cells kind of small versions of what makes up the cellular network we're going to see a lot more of that and that actually starts to be quite interesting about the way you solve the capacity crunch i mean there are some concerns about what the interference with wi-fi but also um, for operators it's actually potentially a way to cut the cost of providing a mobile network ltu and so if there was a technology to look at that would be the one i would say rather than 5g you know, I just, just walk, I, I walked around and, and I'm just astonished by Blanford's intellect because I was just walking about going, oh, that's quite a big stand. That's quite a small stand. That um, one's got a well, telly on it. <laughs> well, if you want to do something like that, one thing I think is really interesting. Well, so, I looked at the handsets. I so, tried them out and it was, I was just interested yeah. in seeing how people had arrayed did, things. Did you notice how the Samsung stand was very closed off? It was quite defensive. It was yeah. big walls around it. Then you had Huawei opposite with their aeroplanes looking like they're about to bomb the Samsung stand. And uh, I think you could Aeroplanes? Oh, this was the paper planes. Was it on the, in the, in yes. the sky. And actually, I think you could have quite an amusing discussion just based on what the uh, language used in all the well, stands. That's, that's tell the kind you. of stuff I was looking at. Because um, it's always interesting to see how these companies present themselves. Absolutely. And the bizarre thing was going to what was labeled as the Microsoft stand. And of course, it looked just like the Nokia stand of previous years because it's yeah. the same team designing it. Still, you know, top quality stuff, and actually bringing in the social media uh, on a big balloon that was projecting things on on the stand in a, a, a very di different atmosphere, mm. particularly to the Chinese manufacturers. But it, they did a really great job of actually talking about the kind of the new Microsoft, the one Microsoft, which yes. uh, started getting press attention. And actually, their mid-tier handsets, the 640, the 640XL, you know, it was all about the value. But then they announced that Office 365 was going to be bundled with them. And suddenly there was actually a kind of a buzz of conversation, people going, okay, we need to look at these mid-tier handsets in this value proposition. And for the same reason, LG, which had the joy and the various other mid-tier handsets, was also getting attention. That's partly through the lens I look at it, I think. But 
it kind of surprised me that mid-tier handsets were a bigger deal than the high-end stuff. Of course, the high-end was all the shiny, mm. flashy toys. And I think Samsung and HTC did a great job. But um, you were saying about the connected stuff, Ben, I mean, that was also very much more present. Well, I was going to ask Ben whether he would buy a mid-tier Windows phone just to get Office. I, do, I wondered about that, actually, because I was trying to work out how cheap does a phone have to be before the fact it includes Office 365 means that it's kind of a no-brainer purchase. Because I have to confess, I use Office 365 every day. It's out. It's at my particular company's, you know, sort of enterprise comms and email solution right. and things. And actually, it's pretty good now. Uh, in fact, I prefer it to some to some of the competitors. So it's pretty impressive. Um, to be honest, I I think the 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 problem there is almost the fact that Microsoft are doing such a competent job on the platform I'm already on. They 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 may actually not give me the incentive to to move. So you know the iOS apps in in my case, you know, are pretty are pretty good. Yeah. And clearly, you know, not as polished and integrated as Windows Phone and Windows 10 will be in due course. But it's going to be difficult to be a chat, be a minority, uh, a minority vendor of handsets, and and have be committed to all the other platforms as they've said, and yet give people a, a reason to move. Now you you are still a an office user on a desktop on a laptop, though, right? Oh, and tablet and smartphone. Cool, right? Uh, and so, what do you do? How do you license your office at the moment? Uh, it's so it's a it's an Office three six five enterprise license. Uh, but the, so that's how you do your home laptop. Because uh, I, well, I have to buy I buy Office, right? Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. No, so I I do also own a, an outright copy of license of of, of uh, Office of my own, which I, right. I bought a year or so ago. But that's not that's not three six five. So you're due to buy another one at some point. Well, that's so. Let's just think about it. Yeah. So so buying buying the copy of Office that I have, I think mm. for the Mac uh, costs about sixty or seventy pounds sterling if you shop around. How much was those? How much was that? Six forty, Rafe. About one hundred and forty pounds. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably going to come down over time. So I think I spent more on yeah. my office the, license. The thing that's important to realise here is actually Office three six five personal. So it is just one PC, one tablet, and one phone. But that but, would do. You but know, that, that would, would do. That works. Yeah. And and actually, I think for the student market, it becomes really interesting. And for the home worker market, so a kind of an enterprise, it's a really unusual product that actually appeals to both. You should go. Well, okay, I get a, a Windows phone out of it as well. Windows, so uh, obviously the 640 is mid-tier, but but Microsoft have got the five series, and 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 it goes down. Does are, are the is there a 400 range as well, or is that actually out of the Windows Phone? Yeah, no, they've actually just announced the uh, the 430 last week as we record this, and the uh, 435 before that, and that actually goes down. They announced it as a seventy dollar price, which means on the UK high street we're talking about forty quid. Yeah, now that doesn't include Office three six five, but yes. you know, yeah, yet yeah, is yeah. the is the, the the point there. And actually, with Windows ten coming, I thought the product that actually told us more about Microsoft than anything else was a a foldable Bluetooth keyboard. I feel yeah. a bit silly saying that, but actually, that's on, fine. You should. On, you should. You, on, you've no, wasted it, it all was, these people's time talking about Bluetooth keyboards. On, on the edge of the keyboard <laughs> were logos. The Windows logo, the Android logo, and an Apple logo. Well, no, it just said Apple, didn't it? No, it, it said it iOS because they're not right, allowed to use the not, trademark. Because this is a, a product that works across all of those products, and it's kind of emblematic of the new Microsoft attitude. But the biggest thing for me was there wasn't actually a Windows button on the keyboard. There was a home button on the keyboard instead. There we go. When is that keyboard out, by the way? That, that's out in the next uh, few weeks, I I'm believe. I'm going to buy one of those. Um, and you know that, that whole Microsoft attitude, I, I actually think, uh, unlike Ben, that um, 
they're not going to persuade anyone to switch to Windows Phone by not having the products available elsewhere. And actually, if it makes you aware and more likely to see what Microsoft are doing, actually, I think probably the number of people who might think about switching because they've been exposed to that is probably greater than the number who would switch just to get access to that office that, ecosystem. That's true, actually, considering how, how poor Yosemite is on my Mac at the moment, I can certainly see myself switching that so it's switching on that platform before anything else and still having a seamless experience onto my iOS devices. Okay, so we're nearing the end of the show, but I just wanted to touch on some of the sort of the less visible stuff. Um, there was a load of stuff about biometrics, loads of things that wanted to take your picture or identify you with camera shots or fingerprints and that kind of stuff. And I wondered, is, is this the year when the rest of the industry catches up with Apple's Touch ID for consumers? Oh. Because the, the Qualcomm solution was pretty pretty fancy, wasn't it? Oh, right? this, right. Yeah, that was wicked. Uh, uh, absolutely it is. I mean, Qualcomm had this ultrasonic solution. And what's interesting about that is it can scan through metal and plastic and glass. So there's far fewer scan design... Scan your re- fingerprint. Yeah, and it's far fewer design restrictions in terms of implementing it. And it's actually lower cost. But there were also biometrics around IZT, Unlock, Fujitsu was demonstrating iris scanning. And the interesting thing is when you start combining those together, you get around some of the kind of limitations of one factor biometric, if you will. Um, And I think we'll see that on a lot more devices. And the Qualcomm solution in particular was really, really impressive. And, uh, you know, it makes so much sense, especially if you're going to then start using things for mobile payments. Yeah. And then seeing, and it it was, uh, you know, Google and Microsoft talking about it and, uh, Microsoft is coming up with this Microsoft Hello, which is basically this ability to use, uh, it's actually in, Intel's uh, technology, uh, I think it's image sense for recognizing you from a camera, but potentially fingerprints and everything else as well. Not just logging in, but also entering passwords in on websites yeah. and for you know payments. And it, it, it's not that far away that if you're using one of these devices, you won't ever have to enter a password again. Okay, right. We've just a few more minutes, and I want to do a bit of rapid fire now. Okay. Um, other interesting things we haven't talked about, which you saw. So, uh, you and McLeod. Oof. Anything? Uh, well, okay, I really like the M4, the Sony M4, the the mid tier. This, that's the story of NWC mid tier uh, handset. I think it's about two hundred thirty euro or something like that. Um, really nice, lovely handset. Grand. I was well impressed with IKEA's. Um, Offering sticking wireless charging that was good. in furniture. Yeah, that was cool, and uh, not before time actually as well. It was interesting that IKEA could get a bit of a brand because they're they're seen as a budget furniture, but they could be innovative furniture mm. as well. Um, I can't choose one thing, so I'm going to say the Yola tablet was more impressive than I was expecting it to be, mm. and the ever enthusiastic Yola team always uh, impress at these shows. But the N1 tablet, which is the Nokia getting back into consumer electronics was uh, nice to hold in the hand. But the, the one I want to pick out in particular is the Orange Cliff. Now, this is a Firefox phone. You kind of don't mm. all laugh at once. But what was interesting about this, for 30 euros, you got the phone, which is, you know, a somewhat capable smartphone, but you also got six months' worth of, I think it was about 150, 200 minutes and text messages a month and 500 megabytes of data. And that's just for 30 euros up mm. front. And it's obviously targeted at the African and some of the emerging markets. But the idea that you can get buy a smartphone and get six months of service for thirty euros, thirty dollars, was pretty amazing. But is there anything unique about Firefox that enables that? Because could you not could could an operator not offer that same deal with a with a, a good platform uh, like like well I say good, I was going to say like is that a smartphone. I was thinking platform? like Windows Firefox? Phone, but one one of one of the other more capable, more Black mature Ray. platforms. No, not that one. 
I, I, they, they could. I think the cost would go up. The Firefox is effectively a feature phone, and the processors and the kind of hardware it's running on is actually even cheaper than your typical smartphone. So that that will come in time. But that kind of democratization of smartphones, you know, that's how you move beyond the two billion install base that we're heading towards by the end of the year to get to three billion by you know twenty seventeen. Okay, I can't pick just one as well. The another one that actually Rafe was telling me about outside of this session. Um, Software SIM cards at last. Oh, we need yes. to see some software yeah, SIM wait cards. And see. Um, we, we've, he says. We've already, we've already seen Apple sort of do SIM cards that you can set up to be you know, the operator of your choice. for me, by the way. Which yeah. didn't work for you at all. Yeah. And, and I've had quite a few stories of it not working in the UK, uh, activation problems and things. But surely software SIM cards, because even if you accept that SIM cards are necessary to identify the subscriber, they don't need to be real things, do they, Rafe? Uh, absolutely. And there was a company called Simless that was demonstrating the first GSM phone without a SIM card slot. By the same same token, actually, software networks, we had uh, TruePhone were on the Ubuntu stand actually demonstrating how you can basically have an operator in the cloud. Really interesting when you start thinking through the implications. You can actually do that for kind of machine to machine and have a, an operator that's for specific industry segments or specific specific solutions and they're the guys that have kind of done the true phone uh, voice network and there's also you know talking of, of sim cards the other one i want to mention is entity docomo who always have interesting demos had a, oh, yeah. a sim card that kind of lived in a badge and then you tapped on it with nfc to transfer it to different devices so a, a tablet or a smartphone and that idea that i want that so much i want to pick up a device and go tip that's my device and walk out the house yeah because it's a very human yeah. interaction that's you know, well, I think you want that, right? But you're not. It's just not going to hit the market for us until someone else has fixed it, and the operator is irrelevant. Uh, and, and in fairness, actually, if the operator's got their finger out and sort of did multiple SIM cards with if, an if, easy if. way to to nominate it as your current device, or even some intelligence, you know, you've been picked up off the table, make that the current device, or bring the multiple ones. But it did feel there was just a little bit more activity and sense that operators need to innovate a little bit and try something different. Uh, we, we kind of say that every MWC, but your hats. Let, let's, uh, let's try and be somewhat, or finish on an optimistic note. Grand, right, well, uh, there's loads and loads of other stuff to, to talk about, but I think we have to call quits there. Uh, as ever, a, a, fascinate, a fascinating show. Uh, wait, wait a minute, is the food ready? Just before we finish, because otherwise he was going to go nuts. True, true. So, we're, we're, well, the food isn't ready, but what we have got is a producer with a different face. So uh, <laughs> we'll wind Rafe Blanford up. Uh, as ever, thanks very much for listening. Sorry That's we weren't up. around next week, uh, last week even. Uh, if you've got any thoughts about stuff that you heard about coverage out of MWC, or if you were crazy lucky and you were there enjoying the ambience and the cheese and ham sandwiches, uh, let us know what you thought. Uh, we are at 361podcast on Twitter, 361podcast.com, where there is also a button where you can send us emails as a surprising number of you often do and actually we, we may need to have an emails episode some, sometime soon because they are massing up but thank you very much because I do enjoy reading them very very much right we'll be back next week so bye bye <laughs>